For years, my parents have all been about natural prairies. Uh, they study uh, prairie grasses that are native to central Iowa. Uh, why, I'm not exactly sure, but they have about 25 acres north of Ames, Iowa. And so they like to do this thing. Um, as most of you know, prairies burn every once in a while, even naturally, uh, due to lightning storms that cause prairie fires. And when a prairie does burn, it often goes back even more diverse than before because the smaller plants have a chance to compete with the larger plants. So my parents decided that they were going to do a controlled prairie burn on their property. Let's just say it did not go as planned. Uh, my dad had to call the fire department um, and he has not lived that down since. Today in the first reading from Malachi, we hear Malachi prophesy that a day is coming when a blaze like an oven, and all the proud and evildoers will be like stubble. So the proud and evildoers will be reduced. But Malachi says that those who fear the name of the Lord will arise like the sun of justice with its healing rays. I find it interesting to hear justice tied with healing. The responsible song says that the Lord comes to rule the earth with justice. God is God. God is perfect. Therefore, God is perfect justice. As I have said before, we have an innate sense of justice put into our hearts by God. Even little kids will say, that's not fair. In the gospel, we have some people hanging out in Jerusalem. They start talking about how amazing the temple was, how beautiful it was. It was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings. Now, for those of you who actually like history, this was not the glorious temple that Solomon built. That temple was destroyed in 586 BC uh, by the Babylonians when they invaded Jerusalem. Some years later, they think about 100 years later, the second temple was constructed. It was not as glorious as the first one, but it was still in an amazing place. And it was this temple that they were, people were all standing around when Jesus was on earth 2,000 years ago. It was this temple that they were conversing and saying how beautiful and amazing it was. And so Jesus enters the conversation and says, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Now this was a radical thing to say. Um, suppose you could equate it to a Catholic saint telling someone that St. Peter's in Rome was going to be completely destroyed after it stood for, after it standed for the last 400 years. Or maybe as Americans to say that the capital in D.C. would be completely destroyed. When Jesus says this, he would have shocked the people around him. So they asked Jesus when this will happen and what signs they should look for. He tells them there will be wars and insurrections. The nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That there will be earthquakes, famines, and plagues. Even before though, that, though, Jesus says that they will seize and persecute you. That they, they will be put in prison and led before kings and governors because of Jesus' name. That parents, brothers, relatives, and friends will hand them in. Some will even be put to death. And all of this came to happen. The Christians were persecuted, and some of them were killed. And then in AD 70, the Romans destroyed the temple. 
Being a Christian in the first century was not all warm and fuzzy. Being a first Christian century Christian was sometimes a matter of life and death. Now, I probably mentioned this three years ago when I preached on these readings before, but it's always struck me as slightly odd that Jesus would tell his disciples that some of them would be put to death, but then in the next sentence tell them that not a hair on their head would be destroyed. I think what Jesus is getting at is something he says elsewhere. Not to fear what they can do to the body, but fear what they can do to the soul. Yes, your enemies can destroy your body, but they cannot touch your soul unless you allow them. Yes, we can believe, yes, we believe in the resurrection of the body at the end of time, but it will be a resurrected body. Yes, the scripture tells us our bodies are a temple of the Lord, that we should take care of our bodies. But it's not worth protecting our bodies if it means sacrificing our soul. It is not worth protecting our bodies if it means betraying Jesus and our faith in him. Jesus ends today's reading with, By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Will you, pers- will you persevere in your Catholic Christian faith, even when it is not popular or easy to do so? Not really, but in some ways martyrdom is easy. I don't actually mean that, but what I mean is that dying for your faith is in some ways easy. That the harder part in some ways is living for your faith day in and day out, standing up for Jesus and his teachings, the teachings of the Catholic Church. Because this is getting harder and harder to do so. Abortion seems to be winning lately. Whether it is the unborn or the elderly with euthanasia, those we find inconvenient, we continue to further legalize their removal from a society by killing them. Every cell of your body has your unique DNA in it. Yes, the baby is in their mother's body, but the baby is not a part of the mother's body. The baby has its own unique DNA. At the moment of conception, every human person is given an eternal rational soul by God and has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is true no matter how the person was conceived. Ideally, the child would be uh, conceived with a father and a mother who are married to each other and are excited to receive the child. But general acceptance of sex outside of marriage has led to demanding the right of, ple- of the pleasure of sex without the natural outcome of sex. As soon as contraception becomes accepted and even expected, it only makes sense that abortion be available in case the contraception fails. This is why the church has spoken out against contraception and abortion. Because it realizes both contraception and abortion diminishes the dignity and respect we have for each other that we should have for each other and for those human persons in stages of life in which they take more than they give. Healing, mercy, and forgiveness is available to those, to anyone who has ever been involved in an abortion before, especially in the sacrament of reconciliation. I'm talking not just to women, but also to men. I feel that often the men, the boyfriend or the father or the significant other, are more at fault because they are the ones often pressuring the women to get an abortion. Healing, mercy, and forgiveness are available to anyone involved within an abortion. If this is you, run to your Heavenly Father 
and let him reassure you that all is going to be okay. Again, God is the master bringing good out of bad. Jesus warns his followers that it is going to soon become unpopular to be his followers. It is becoming more and more unpopular to be a Catholic Christian in our day and age. Are we going to secure our eternal life by persevering in our faith? Great injustices were done to the early Christians after Jesus ascended into heaven. I don't know, I don't pretend to know the future. However, there is a path forward, a possible path, where it could become a lot harder to be a Catholic Christian. We may even suffer some injustices in the public arena. I'm not usually a doom and gloom type of person. I'm just saying that there is a possibility, a certain vision of the future where being publicly Catholic might, not, might come with some negative repercussions. However, no matter what the future holds, we must not fear. Jesus says that we will be given the words we need to defend the truths of the Catholic faith. We must persevere with joy. We Catholics should be a people of joy. We need healing. Our nation needs healing. Our world needs healing. Jesus is the divine physician. Yes, justice is important. But because of the cross, because Jesus paid the penalty for our sins, because God is perfectly just, he took the penalty for our sins upon himself and extended to us not justice, but mercy. If the world believes that 3 plus 5 equals 7, we have to correct them and let them know that 3 plus 5 equals 8. We have to teach them the truth of Jesus Christ, the truths of the Catholic Church. But we must do so with love and mercy. Why? Because this is what Jesus gives us, love and mercy. Not justice or judgment, but love and mercy. Jesus is in the healing business. This means that we, his followers, need to be in the healing business. I just saw an article that said teen loneliness is, is at an all-time high. And I don't think it's just teens. Despite our ability to communicate instantly with anyone anywhere, we are lonely. We are hurting. We are in need of some major healing. Accepting anyone's crazy, often sinful ideas does not heal people. The truth of Jesus Christ extended in love and mercy is what people truly need to heal. Despite all the evil that was leveled at him during his time on earth, Jesus persevered and continued to love and extend mercy to those around him. May we do the same. May we persevere in our faith of Jesus Christ and his truth given to us through the Catholic Church. May we persevere in extending love and mercy to those around us. If we do this, we will begin to heal our world one person at a time.